0: Welcome back to the Trox Plus Tierney EdTech Podcast, Episode 12. Joining me today is one of our regional vice presidents, Mike Logan. He's our RVP for the South Region. And what we're going to talk about today, which should be of interest to everybody, is the secret to saving money in the education buying season. So it's a timely episode. Uh, We're recording this in the month of July, uh, and June and July tends to be um, a heavy buying season for EdTech. So first of all, Mike, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you, Derek. Um, well, let's just dive into it. Uh, we have a number of questions to go through, and I think people will be interested to hear your perspective, both on you know giving advice to our end user customers on on how to be prepared, what you're seeing. You you deal with a lot of clients, so you probably see some things done the right way, some mistakes that are made. So it'll be interesting to get some feedback. Let's just start off with um, what is the best way that you feel. Uh, our end user customers, our our education customers, is for them to purchase educational technology so that they get the most value from it. So again, once again, what's the best way for them to purchase EdTech to get the most value out of it?
1: Sure, Derek, we see this all the time. One of the things that I really like to focus on when I'm working with a customer who's purchasing EdTech is simply ask them one question, and it's what do you want to accomplish by spending this money? And oftentimes that's really revealing. You know, we have to look at this from the perspective of the educators and the students. So what problem are we solving? What benefit are we supplying them? And and that oftentimes kind of points us in the direction of, you know, is this a valuable purchase or is just this the next shiny thing that we're looking at? And so Mm -hmm. I really want to ask, you know, educators and ed tech directors, what problem are you solving? What benefit are you receiving from this? And how are you improving the learning outcomes in your district by spending this money?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if, if they have an answer to that, Derek, then, you know, it's usually a good purchase.
0: Okay, excellent. Um, so is, what about timing? Is there, I mean, how often is there a way to to save or is there a right or wrong way to um, how often IT directors should be considering buying edtech products?
1: Sure. So obviously the purchasing uh, departments may may want to uh, influence this a little bit as well uh, with, with their schedules, but really you want to you start looking at edtech as a a way to solve problems in your district. And those problems are gonna come up throughout the year. Certainly we can predict and we can forecast what our needs are gonna be in the fall and we purchase in the summer season when we're looking at that. But throughout the year, one of the mistakes you might see made is that ed tech directors or uh, people choose to purchase technology on a very, very regimented cycle, but problems Mm. arise at different points in the year. So really you wanna purchase when the problems arise and solve those problems as quickly as possible. So if it's possible, the answer is really whenever a problem arises.
0: Okay, well, it's very straightforward. So, Mike, what are what are some things that IT directors need to really focus on um, when when purchasing? What are things that they they should put um, a lot of, of time and effort into?
1: Sure, Derek. So obviously, the, there's always the specs and the and the need, the immediate need, and the the kind of face value of the technology that needs to be considered. But then there's these, these other aspects of it, such as professional development and the long term maintenance and, and you know, keep up of the devices. When it comes to professional development, it's it's heartbreaking to see you know really amazing technology go into a school system or go into a classroom that isn't used effectively. And, and you know, when we talk about professional development, we're definitely talking about more than training. You know, training on an Mm -hmm. interactive flat panel could be, you know, how do you change the pen color and how do you set up a new page? But professional development is how do you really use that technology to enhance your teaching style, to impact learning outcomes, to to have an impact on students that's gonna be, you know, even measurable to that point. So Mm -hmm. that's professional development. And so we really want teachers to go through a professional development program with the technology so that they become better teachers as a result of having the technology and not just trained on how to use it. Um, Secondary, you you look at the maintenance of the device. Oftentimes there is a budget that needs to be allocated to the device. And I would even tie in the protectiveness of the device or uh, how to protect the device as part of that. So, you know, when you look at a device, a Chromebook, for example, are you putting a case on it? Are you putting some sort of a protective covering on the device to keep it safe? When you look at uh, an interactive flat panel, you know, is it, is it mounted on the wall or is it being rolled around? And, and so if it's being rolled around, is it, in, you know, in a, on a cart that's meant for that size uh, device? Is it meant for that uh, size display? And can it handle the weight capacity? So all these different things kind of go into it. And then what are the long-term maintenance costs? Um, You know, in the day of projectors, it was very common for us to see bulbs being replaced and filters being changed. Uh, And now that we're into the world of flat panels, we certainly are past that. But when it comes to a lot of the technology, there's still a regular cleaning schedule that should be put into place. There's regular maintenance that should be budgeted for. So if a device fails, you've got the money in the budget to replace it. Um, I, I, I guess I shouldn't say where, but I was recently in a school district where um, they had just an entire hallway full of equipment that was broken and they didn't have a budget to fix it. Uh, right. And it, again, it's heartbreaking to see they've made the investment, but that technology is not being used and that, you know, the money that was allocated to purchase it in the first place is, has truly been wasted at this point.
0: Okay, so we've we've got some things to, for, for people to think about, some things to consider, some things to focus on. Now let's get to the heart of it. Um, in order to save money, what should IT directors keep in mind during this, this technology buying season?
1: Sure, Derek, you know, we've been flirting around this topic, uh, you know, this whole time, and it's, it's nice to just kind of jump right in. You know, certainly we want to review what are those learning outcomes that we're looking to impact by, the te- by using this technology? Mm-hmm. That's got to be the heart and soul of the decision, and oftentimes we even need to evaluate that as it relates to existing inventory. What technology do we already have that we can use to achieve that outcome, or possibly enhance or integrate with the new technology to maximize the dollar that we're going to spend when we're purchasing a new technology? Anything that we can do that utilizes existing inventory, existing assets is always going to be better than, you know, pushing something to the side and just bringing in something at a high dollar value when we could have been using something existing already. And that's really where, you know, I, I would encourage any of our customers listening to reach out to your account executive and have that open conversation and allow them to, to take you to that level and say, we can use this and we can add X, Y, and Z, and it's going to create this environment for your teachers. Um, and that's really what they're there for. They're They're consultants in every sense of the word. That are there to do exactly that. Then, when you start looking at, you know, so now that we look at the learning outcomes and we say, okay, only buy the pieces you need to achieve that, that's certainly a huge cost savings. We're also going to start looking at that long term maintenance again. So please make sure that if you're a customer out there and you're buying the technology, have a maintenance schedule, have a budget schedule in place so that it doesn't derail your budget um, and you don't have to push needed projects back because of a maintenance cost that wasn't predicted early on. So that's always going to be a way to save money in the long term by you know making sure that you have the budget for the maintenance and of course. know technology is very much like an automobile if you maintain it the way it's supposed to be maintained you'll save money in the long run by not having to have these costly repairs so certainly want to have the budget and then you know obviously we have the professional development piece and we talked about that a little bit more but you know saving money is often about maximizing the money that you do spend and if you're able to get a greater return on investment um, greater return on your, your learning outcomes for every dollar you spend by utilizing a piece of technology more effectively then you know you're ultimately going to be spending less on technology. So you make sure that those teachers are truly getting the professional development that they need to maximize every dollar you spend. Um, the, the technology itself, you know, another thing is it should be cost effective. You know, there there are different technologies out there. There's different ways to achieve the same thing. So again, mm-hmm. you know, work with your uh, your consultant, your account executives to say this is what I want to achieve, not this is the piece that I want, but this is what I want to achieve. County executives are are spending, you know, a large part of their week learning these new technologies, learning new ways of doing things. They're working with other districts that are achieving the same things or solving problems in u- unique ways. So work with them and leverage their expertise and their knowledge because they they might have a, a more creative way that you haven't thought of yet to solve a similar problem. So you know that's certainly a way that you can use to uh, to save your save money in the long run. So you know you look at all these different aspects. You know, I always ask people to look at you know, and and sometimes in technology this is hard, but a lot of times it's available. Look at the efficacy research. Make sure that what you're buying isn't just the next you know shiny thing that we talked about earlier. Make sure it's not what we call bleeding edge. Make sure it's truly a leading edge technology. You know, the worst thing that can happen is you invest a large amount of money uh, because you saw a great sales pitch or you saw something online that looked like it was going to be you know an amazing thing, and you get it in your district and it just. You know, doesn't meet expectations. So look for something with a track record of success. Look for something from a company that you can trust. Um, obviously, you know we we work for uh, for Trox Tyranny now, so we certainly hope that you would consider buying from a brand and a company that you know will do a lot of this vetting for you. So certainly, you want to work with someone like, uh, like Trox Tyranny that you can trust. Uh, and so, really, it, it's it's all about that that you know, kind of looking at the whole picture when you purchase technology if you want to really maximize your dollar and save money.
0: All right. Well, those are some some great tips uh, for saving money. Some definitely a lot of good things to consider, and I think you've articulated that well. Uh, let's close with a couple questions that are a little more internal facing, um, specific to our company. Uh, we we again are working with with thousands of school districts, so um, you have pretty good insight, Mike, on on trends and things like that what What should um technology should be considered beyond the device purchase? Um, devices obviously are are the number one category in ed tech and have been um, for the last couple buying seasons. Uh, but beyond that, what other maybe hardware or software should be considered um, beyond just that device itself?
1: Sure, Derek. So you know we're we're kind of sticking with a the theme when we talk about this because we always talk about maximizing the effectiveness of a device. And this is a great question because, you know, you have districts that could be spending anywhere from $250, $300 on a Chromebook or a device out there, and we assume that, OK, great, we put the Chromebook in the students' hands. They have, you know, hopefully internet access, but that's a conversation we should have. Um, and then are, are they going to, is that Chromebook in itself going to give them the highest chance of success? And succeeding in a remote learning environment and sometimes it is sometimes based on the environment the students in that might be all they need but other times we are going to want to consider some add-ons you know we talked about cases earlier you know a, a very inexpensive case you know for uh for you know 20 30 40 can protect a, a, an investment of you know 250 300 you know there was an old rule of thumb that about 15 to 20 percent of the total value of a device should be spent protecting it and um, and that really holds true today. So hopefully people will continue to protect their devices and um, you know try to reduce damage as much as they can. You know mm-hmm. there was a, there was an old commercial back in the 80s that talked about you know the there none of the uh, none of the features matter if the call doesn't go through on a cell phone. And you know <laughs> similarly to this, the the device is going to be amazingly ineffective for helping students learn if it doesn't work. Right. So protect the device. Uh, that that's my first piece of advice. The next thing is is consider the environment. You know sometimes it's really easy for us to you know sort of take a vanilla or um, kind of a single look at you know what a student goes through when they're learning and then the reality is is that students are going to learn in remote environments in very very different situations you know you might have A child sitting at a dining room table uh, in an air conditioned home and they're in a room by themselves and and a Chromebook is all they need. But what happens if that doesn't exist and and instead there's a lot of background noise because there's three or four people. Um, There's a barking dog in the background. There's multiple people Mm -hmm. learning. Maybe mom and dad are working from home and they're creating noise. So now all of a sudden a set of headphones that can drown out the distractions and provide a better audio experience to the, you know, the far side and near side audio. So the, the student now when they speak, they're speaking into a microphone that's closer to their mouth. They're more easily understood by the teacher. You know, those are the types of things. And for, you know, again, a few dollars, uh, maybe a $15 set of headphones, you can really improve the learning outcomes uh, mm-hmm. by drowning out those distractions. So there's all kinds of things that you can look at like that obviously there's software and services that you can be looking at uh, Software is important you know there's there's software out there that's designed to keep kids on track that's designed to restrict some of the websites they can go to um it, it's designed to look for you know unfortunately we live in a world where kids um you know might might be thinking about um you know harmful thoughts and so when they type stuff in there's software that can pick up on those patterns and alert the uh, the authorities or the, the educators uh that there might be a problem that we need to see so all of these extra things should be considered when you start looking at a device.
0: Yeah, excellent. That's a that's a good summary. And 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 luckily, you know, and and thankfully, a lot of uh, a lot of people are considering those things because you know, you, to our our point of our theme here, we're trying to maximize the investment that that we're making in the hardware. So um, let's close with a question. Um, we've mentioned a lot of things that that can help uh, people can do to help themselves in the purchasing season, but what is Trox doing? Uh, you know, uh, this Trox plus Journey organization. What are what are we doing to improve the purchasing experience for our customers?
1: Sure. So one of the one of the kind of unique challenges that we're facing that hasn't really been the case in the past. You know, as an AV and a device company, we've seen integration. We've been able to plan out integration and you know deliver devices in a timely manner whenever people have asked for them. And now all of a sudden, with device shortages coming about um, and, and really more of a large number of devices being implemented, not a couple of hundred devices, but now thousands at a time, we're realizing that the the district IT staff is becoming stressed with the implementation of these devices. So not only is it gonna be the long-term management of the devices, but even the simple setup Trucks is going to offer something called the White Glove Services, and the White Glove Service is going to be where we can asset tag a device in advance. And that might seem simple, but simply offering a district, uh, not just a stack of devices, but now a stack of devices that have been asset tagged already. There's an Excel spreadsheet that they can now take, and they have all of the devices, the serial numbers, the asset tags. Pre logged and ready to go. We can take it a step further and even enroll those devices in the Google platform. So now when they get them, they're ready to almost just hand out right to a student right out of the box. And then other, uh, you know, nice services to have certainly that will protect the district and and add a nice uh, touch to the device rollout. We can do things like a UV printing so we can put the district logo right on the front of the device so everyone knows uh, in the community. uh, Everyone knows in the the school that that is a school owned device that's been given to a student. So um, that's that's really a nice uh, plug as well. So there's a lot we can do to help, uh, you know, take that stress of the implementation off of the district staff. Um, And then we can certainly offer software services that are going to allow them when they start to to realize that they have 2000 or 3000 devices that they need to update all at one time. We can preload software onto those even before they're handed out. That's going to allow that district staff to update all of the devices at one time um, to keep track even geo track the devices so that managing those devices as a remote learning system becomes very manageable much more so than it was before. And then you know we talked about other things like the warranties you know protecting a device with a warranty or a case case is certainly a good step in the right direction but then even a long-term warranty that goes above and beyond what the manufacturer warranty would cover you know we're looking at device rollout cycles of you know three and four years uh, on the refresh cycle so why not have a warranty that covers the device for the length of that entire rollout So that you have total peace of mind and that's again going to reduce the liability exposure that the district has to a device breaking and having to, you know, foot the bill on a costly repair. So having a warranty just gives that peace of mind that, you know, this device is covered. I know it's covered. I can update it. If it breaks, it's going to get fixed. Again, all the stress that we can try to remove off of the IT staff. When we're looking at that, and it really points to something that we call life cycle management, Derek. It really mm-hmm. says that from cradle to grave, we're going to be your partner in this. And you know, um, I hate to hate to go dark here, but when we talk about the grave portion of that, what does that look like even? And so we start looking at you know Trox is uh, A lot of people don't know this, but uh, Trox Tyranny is one of the the largest ITAD buyback sole source providers. And what we mean by that is you can purchase our device from us, and you can you know use that device for four years. And then you can call your account executive up and say, hey, I'm ready to trade these in. Yeah, actually trade in a piece of used technology and and receive uh, funding in return for that. So our buyback services are where we're going to come in. We're going to look at the condition of the devices, how old they are, and we're going to be able to offer you uh, actual credit toward your new purchase um, through that buyback. And it's interesting. uh, We're able to offer usually a little bit more than a lot of our competitors in that service because we do the recertification and the recycling and even the redistribution internally. So we have a 70,000 square foot facility sitting out in Dallas. We have a facility in Canada as well. And what we'll do is we'll send a truck out, we'll pick up all these old devices, we'll drive them back to one of our facilities, usually Dallas if we're in the US, and we'll start to dig through those we will recycle the ones that are just simply beyond recertification if it can be recertified we will recertify the device and sell it out through one of our consumer channels or consumer markets. So we're going to be able to give you a lot more for that device than other companies who have to kind of, you know, one company buys it back and they resell it to another company who recycles and then one company who recertifies another company who resells it after that Trox is 100% um, internal in house with their uh, with their recycling process. So um, it, it's nice because our customers also know that the data is being destroyed correctly um, you know we're an education company we're not just a recycling company so they know that the devices are going to be truly recycled are going to be recertified and going to be recirculated into the market so even though they might not be helping your district anymore you can receive funding and they will help someone else so you have that peace of mind knowing that you know you're really doing good beyond your district when you use our itad services so there's just there's Derek, it's a whole life cycle process. Um, yeah. and you know, we didn't even talk about things like the funding and the leasing. And I hope I'm not going too deep for you, but you start looking at that, it's like, what funds are available? I mean, are we looking at you know, the relief funds? Are we looking at ECF funds? You know, how can we maximize our e-rate funds? If none of those are available, what kind of leasing options are there? Leasing has become amazingly popular now in our K-12 districts and even higher ed, because again, you start looking at that life cycle of a device. I can purchase 5000 devices on a four year lease with a four year warranty. I pay a fixed rate over the course each year over the course of those four years. And at the end of the four years, I simply roll into a new lease and I pay probably something very similar to what my old lease was. So I have a true lifecycle management plan that's going to give me up to date devices for every student, making everyone in the district, um, you know, giving everyone an opportunity to learn equally because everyone has the same technology. It's not that one school has updated technology and the other ones four years back because they didn't hit the refresh cycle. So you have total equity in the district throughout every school, every student, when you start looking at these add-on services. So um, it's an exciting time in the education market, Derek.
0: Wonderful, Mike. Well, th- lots of great information um, on behalf of the audience, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope people were able to take away some some good nuggets of information in there. If you as Mike mentioned, if you have any um, questions or or want to talk further, don't hesitate to reach out to your account executive. Um, we appreciate you listening on on behalf of us um, hosting here. We look forward to talking with you again soon.